like if, if we if we didn't make Brian bored, you know, <laughs> if we didn't bore Brian, you know. I don't know when it turned off. I know that it was recent though, because I did look at it like maybe like ten minutes ago. No, no, no. It's it's yeah. It's on it's on two battery, but I do think that we can we can just go ahead and close it out. I think we have more than enough material. All right, I'm rolling and recording. Hi, and welcome back to the Woe Believer podcast. I'm your girl, Naila Amara, and today we have a special guest with us today, my bishop. <laughs> Go ahead and introduce yourself. <laughs> bishop Melvin Easley, pastor of the Carpenter's House, Baltimore. Yes, and with all the guests that I've brought on the show, every single guest has been from the Carpenter's House. Wow. The Carpenter's House is my home. I love it here. That's where we're here today. Um, Bishop has just been honestly a blessing in my life. He's been so supportive of the podcast. So a great deal of what you all hear on the podcast and what you guys are seeing on the podcast has honestly come from uh, Bishop's teaching just here at TCHV. I am just so honored <laughs> to be here with you. And I celebrate all that you're doing for the kingdom for such a time as this because I do believe that what the Lord is doing in this day and time is the same, but yet different. Mm. And so he's using so many different <clears throat> avenues to bring people to Christ. And I want to celebrate you for you. thinking outside of the box Amen. and doing some things a little differently. <laughs> hey, it wasn't, it wasn't me. The Lord definitely, it was instructed me. Hey, like this is use your skill to, to do what you're already doing, which is evangelism, which wow. I was like, you know what? What better way to do it in this day and age but a podcast? Everybody's coming out with a podcast. Let's let's do a podcast. Wow. Um, <laughs> uh, so today, you all, we are going to be talking about church hurt. And I thought that my bishop would be the perfect person to have this conversation with because, number one, he's experienced and seen uh, what church heart can do to a person who is following Christ um, and what we as the body of Christ should be doing when we encounter someone who has experienced church hurt. Um, so without further ado, I'm just going to pray for us or actually like, let, let me let my guests pray for us. <laughs> Bishop, why don't you pray us in and then we'll hop into this conversation. Well, let's pray. Father, it's in your name, God, that we thank you. We thank you, God, for another opportunity that we yet have to come and to celebrate you and to do what you've called us to do. You told us to go and to make disciples, God, according to your will and according to your plan. Father, we pray that someone that's listening today, God, that will hear some things, God, that they have maybe been asking questions about and yet their questions may be answered to draw them closer to you. We ask that everything will be done, God, will be done to your own glory, and that ultimately, God, that you would bring the harvest in that you have so desired. In Jesus' name we pray. Jesus amen name. and amen. 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 Thank you for praying for us. Uh, so what is honestly the model of the Carpenter's House? What is the purpose? Wow. The, the purpose of the Carpenter's House um, is to heal the wounded, uh, and save the lost. Save the lost and heal the wounded. Our mission is very, very, very simple. Um, a lot of churches get caught up in a lot of different things, but I do believe the mission that Jesus came was very, very simple, and that was to save the lost. And so the mission of the Carpenter's House is very, very simple, to 
save the lost, and heal the wounded. The loss of those individuals that don't know anything about Jesus. Uh, and most ministries are global in that particular approach in terms of trying to save the loss. Mm. But there's another <clears throat> group that I think that we miss, and that's the wounded. Mm. The wounded are those individuals for some reason or another know Jesus, but for some reason or another been hurt in church or some uh, unforeseen episode, maybe having uh, a prayer that they felt like God didn't answer or for some unforeseen reason as to why they are experiencing this pain. And they're out there lost. Jesus left the 99 and went after the one. Yeah. And I think that's what's missing in the church. Sometimes we'll go and get the loss, but sometimes we will forget about the one who's been wounded and yet out there bleeding, waiting for somebody to come and rescue them. So that's what the Carpenter's House is really all about. It's about a twofold, the loss and those who know Jesus but may not be connected with any ministry or what have you because they are just really done with church. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, one of the reasons why I joined the media ministry at the Carpenter's House was because your sharing of the motto. Like, and I understood the lost part, like that, of course, we want to bring people in. But what about the people who are already here who have experienced, you know, pain in Christianity or have experienced something traumatic by someone who said that they were a Christian, um, but wasn't necessarily representing Christ Correct. Um, in that moment. And how do we like shift that narrative to um, what that person has done to actually this is who God is and this is how the people of God treat um, each other. And that's what you're going to get here. And we're going to make sure that that's being done. So... <clears throat> I've experienced nothing but happiness and joy here, to be honest. Uh, I love I love my church. I saw everybody. I'm like, come to the conference sales, come to the conference sales. Um, but that was not always my experience at previous churches. Um, where, oh, you have you're in the church and it's almost like an obligation. Well, you know, you're here now, so like what's up? Like what are you gonna do um, with your time here instead of meeting people where they are and um, helping them with their healing process? So honestly, yeah, thank you for being so transparent about that and making that a mission. Um, you know, the ninety-nine. I mean, the one is not just the person who doesn't know Jesus. It's the one that is out there bleeding. So, um, yeah. Isn't that what Jesus did? He came after his own first. He came after those individuals who were wounded. And I think if we would stick to that model, uh, when we come to the Lord, he's invested in us, and we should be invested in one another because we are not separate from one another. We are the body of Christ. And I think one of the reasons why we don't function as a healthy body meaning the body of Christ, is because many times we are not really focused on the value of everyone. Everyone has value. If uh, you look at this wall behind us, 
um, this wall, um, a lot of people look at the wall and they talk about the wall, but the wall in itself is a message within itself. And if you guys, this is a podcast, and so, but we also are uh, shooting videos, so if you want to see what the wall actually looks like, feel free to check out the YouTube video, um, or uh, the Carpenter's House Baltimore, TCHB, uh, TCH Baltimore, on Instagram, um, and you'll be able to see the wall that we're talking about, but go ahead. The wall is made out of uh, pallets that were purposed for fire. In other words, it was uh, put out for trash. These were used pallets, mm. pallets that were broken. Uh, there is not a perfect piece up there. All of these pieces of wood were recovered uh, because they were out to be disposed of. Mm. They're warped, they're weather-beaten, there are uh, holes in them. There are all kinds of things so separate from one another. It's trash. No one would want it. But when we put it together, it became a work of art. Wow. And so when I get up to minister, the wall is a reminder to me as to who I am ministering to, that everyone has value and that my my focus and my responsibility is to find out where they fit right some pieces are small pieces but they're up there they're covering something else and some people may not be um uh in the forefront but they are holding things together behind the scene we have something here called the safety pin ministry yes <laughs> <laughs> we have something called the safety pin. Ministry. Yes. And these are people who hold things together behind the scene. Yeah. Doesn't Not have to, to be seen. seen. Right. But yet hold them together behind the scene. In other words, everybody has value. Mm -hmm. and, Everybody's and, part of the safety pin. So I ministry. challenge people to look upon that wall and find you. Hmm. Find your DNA on the wall. Find out where you've been. Maybe a little rough around the edges. edges maybe a little weather beaten. Maybe maybe uh, burned. Maybe burned. <laughs> uh, you know. <laughs> you know, or, or what have you. Yeah. A little warped, but you still have value. Yeah. And I think that's the message that Jesus came to show us that no matter what you've gone through in life, no matter where you have been no matter how dysfunctional you think your family has been, as I shared with on Sunday, if yeah. you think <laughs> your family was dysfunctional, yeah. look at Jesus' family. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, he did that for a reason. Mm -hmm. Why did he allow all of that? We're talking about Jesus. Why did he allow all that? I believe it's simply this. You can't heal what you can't feel. And a lot of times... The reason why we go through things is for us to become more sensitive to help the people who really need help. Yeah. And so sometimes, like you and I, we're looking at it from maybe the other side of through. But while going through, we wondered, why did I have to go through this? Why, this was painful. Why did I have to go through this hurt? Why did I have to go through this? But it was the pain that really 
bought you into who you've become. And it's made you sensitive to not just do a thing, but to do it with love and to do it with passion. Yeah. As someone who has been hurt in the church, I can say, like, coming out of that, um, being more sensitive to people who are walking into the church at the at, for the first time or are not necessarily dressing, quote-unquote, on par or to the culture. Like, understanding I used to be that person and I am able to welcome them with love and open arms versus someone who has maybe been raised in the church all their life. Nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Um raised in the church all their life and has not experienced people who are coming in from a different type of life. And if we are opening our doors to literally everyone, um, then we have to be conscientious that some people are not going to look like you or not going to look like what you think a Christian person should look like. You know, everybody is on their own journey and their own path. My question is, when it does, when someone is expressing that they have been hurt in the church, because I've had someone send me a message and say, well, I'm a little bit worried about coming to a church because of my experience. How, what would you say to a person who has experienced in bringing them back to the church? Like, I don't want to go back to church because I've been hurt. Well, first thing, I think that you have to empathize with where they've been. Mm. And you have to, before you go in, and start telling them why they should, you have to listen to where they've been. Mm. And I think sometimes we're so busy of trying to tell them why they should return, we're not taking the time to really listen to where they've why been. They left. Yeah. Um, most people who've really had an encounter with God don't want to leave the church. Most people who really need God and have come for the right reasons, miss church. Mm-hmm. They, they don't want the politics and the, the thing that the church is not. And unfortunately, Satan has labeled the church as something that it is not. Mm-hmm. And we have put labels on the church, something that even if Jesus was to come back in, in the flesh, he wouldn't. It would not resemble what he died for. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's what the problem is. And so, because everything is put under the umbrella of church, um, I think that's that's the issue. It's really defining what the church really is and who the church is. Jesus says, if you love me, you would keep my commandments. And so it's really about love. And so there's a lot of people trying to represent something that they don't have. And so I would... um, And what you mean by uh, representing something that they don't have, that's love. That's love. Mm. They, They don't have it. And so first thing I would do is try to just show the person love. Mm-hmm. Most people don't reject love. Yeah. Most people don't reject. And then we can move on to healing. Yeah. Then we can move on to finding out what the problem is and dealing with. But first of all, letting them know they do matter. Mm. And at the Carpenter's House, 
we have this saying, meet the people where, where they, they are, are and yeah. help them to get to where they need to be. So everybody doesn't come in the door the same place. Some people come in at different places. But our job as leaders here is to meet them where they are, wherever they are, to make them feel comfortable wherever they are. But ultimately, if they keep coming, they won't stay where they are because it's impossible to come here to our service. No, very much. And get yeah. the word of God and stay where you are. Yeah. You, you're just not you going to do can't. it. You're just, you're just not going to do it. You're just not going to do it. It's not, it's not possible. It's just not possible. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> You're not lying. And look, you said something earlier about if Jesus came back and saw the church now, you know, it wouldn't be what he envisioned for us to be. And uh, I saw something on Instagram and it was like, if Paul was on his tour right now, we would be getting a letter. America would be getting a letter. <laughs> that's, that's great. And it wouldn't be a letter of encouragement. No. <laughs> it would be a letter like you said to the church of Ephesus. <laughs> Absolutely. But absolutely. I love that, you know, the recognition of meeting people where they are and that we should love people. And then when someone feels love, they are more receptive to what you have to say because they know that you genuinely care about them and their well-being. You know, if you're tell if you see someone who's homeless, you don't say Oh, like, go get a job. Like, you know, why don't Absolutely. you go buy a house? No, you get out of your car and you ask them where they need to stay for the night. You take them to a shelter or how much is it going to take for you to get a meal tonight? Okay, let's see if we can get that for you or whatever the case may be. Even, and I'll, I'll say this to go a step further, especially with Christian people, seeing someone who's in need and immediately trying to witness and say, oh, well, Jesus will change your life and da-da-da-da. No, 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 wait a second. I'm hungry. Exactly. <laughs> the the Good Samaritan, and we talked about this in Who uh, Loved Thy Neighbor in our episode last season, mm -hmm. but the Good Samaritan wasn't a priest. A priest passed by. Uh, it wasn't a Levite. He passed by. It was a Samaritan who didn't even have... Didn't even, didn't have to. You know, he was technically beneath uh, the Jews in the Jews' eyes. Didn't even have relationship. Didn't have relationship. And he didn't stop and say, oh, like, let me tell you about God and, like, my religion or my faith. He said he bandaged the wounds. He put oil and wine. He took them to an inn. He paid the innkeeper. And he said, when the person, when, when I come back, like, I'll pay a little bit more. If that's anything left. Yeah, that's that's meeting people where they are, and that person will see that you care. They will genuinely be interested in what you have to say when you have helped them resolve a problem or help them get further. That's just showing the God in you, anyways. That's just showing love. God is love. When we under, when we do things God's way, it's healing in just doing things God's way. It's, it's actually healing. It's, it's the sab. It's the, in other words, him stopping to assist was greater than the oil that he poured. Mm. Him stopping to assist was greater than putting him up in the end. Just the fact that you stopped 
And sometimes that's all people need today is for somebody to say hello. Yeah. Somebody to say, I care. Somebody to say, hey, I'm here if you need me. Sometimes they don't need a whole lot because there's some that may be listening to me saying, well, I don't have anything to offer. Oh, you're sadly mistaken. Yeah. You have a smile. Yeah. You have a hand. You have you 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 have a the kind words of word. Encouragement. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so some people think they need a lot to do this, and you don't. Just be nice. Yeah. Yeah. Just show love. That's literally uh, literally the first commandment is to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, of course. Yeah. And then the second commandment is to love your neighbor like yourself. Love will literally take you the furthest. Like it will. It will, it is God's literal expression. Like it is how he shows that he cares about us by loving us, by sending his son, by providing for us, for predestining us, for giving us exceedingly above we ask or think, for healing us, all these things. That's, that's what we bring to the table Absolutely. in any situation. We bring God's love and that heals her. The love factor. Mm-hmm. I think. It's even deeper than that in terms of us understanding, meaning we bring God. God so loved the world that he gave. But when you look at that, who is God? God is love. Love so loved the world wow. that it gave. And so when we understand that when we give love, and I'm talking about agape love, I'm not talking about the storage, the philia, the arrows, which is easy to do. Everybody's given arrows now. <laughs> now, now for, for people who don't know, what is what is arrows love? Arrows is that physical romantic oh. love. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know nothing about it. <laughs> that, fear, that physical. <laughs> that physical. Hallelujah. <laughs> And, 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 and isn't that what a lot of people get hurt by? Mm. Oh, giving, you ain't wrong. Giving yeah. what you thought was, was a pure, affectionate love to somebody who just wanted something for a temporary moment. Mm. Uh, and so, and then you find out later on when they get what they want, they really didn't want you. Yeah. They only wanted what you had to offer. Yeah. Huge but they difference. didn't want you. Huge and that's, difference. That's huge difference. But God's love is agape. Yeah. He knows everything about you. He knows your shortcomings. He knows everything that's about you. And yet he still says, I want you. Yeah. I think an, an, a big, huge fear is that we don't think that God is like that. Because a lot of the people who are supposed to represent God are not like that. We put labels on people. Oh. We put things on them. God never put it on. He said, don't judge a thing before it's time. We keep so the labels that people the labels put on, on us. Oh, they came to the altar. They got delivered. But you They know, used to be in the streets. Yeah. yeah you, he used to sell you, drugs. Watch, watch, watch him, man. You know? Yeah. You, you, you know. Yeah. So we keep the labels on mm -hmm. people, and that's another thing that causes church hurt. I used to work in the prison for 28 years. I, I worked in the prison. And I think it was my, my wilderness experience of God 
making me go through the wilderness mm. to learn how to deal with people. So I worked in one of the most dangerous prisons in the country. Matter of fact, I'm the last person that ever took the media through this prison, and they tore it down. Oh, wow. <laughs> they tore it down here in our city. And so, um, and they tore it down because it was so dangerous and so antiquated, and it was not safe. But I had a chance to see people from every walk of life. Wow. And I found out there were some people who could not live out here, but live victorious lives inside. Mm. I could remember one time I was walking through a facility and there was a power outage in the facility. Now, again, there's 136 people in this open dormitory. I have the keys on me and I'm walking through inside and the lights go out you can't see your hand in front of your face oh my gosh but there was a few people in there was asking me a bible question while i was in the in the facility in the dormitory and i began to sing a song <laughs> this is so powerful while i was in there in the dark with 136 prisoners in one of the most dangerous prisons in the country. And I used to, I was singing the song, This Little Light of Mine, I'm Gonna Let It Shine. And as I began to sing it, it sounded like 136 guys all singing, This Little Light of Mine, I'm Gonna Let It Shine, in the prison. It was one of the most melodious sounds that I've ever heard in my entire life. Wow. And I've been in church all of my life. I have been in all kinds of crowds. I've seen all kinds of choirs sing. I've seen, I, I mean, I've seen it. I've seen it. Recording artists, I've seen, I, I've seen it. But to see 136 men singing this little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine, it changed my very life. Mm. I can still hear it. I can still hear it. And this has been years ago. Wow. At least about 20 years ago. I can still hear it like it was yesterday. And when I think about it, it does something inside. Because I'm talking about the power of God now. Some of those people would do Bible class every day. Every day. And they may be listening to me now. But when they got out, they weren't received by the church. Mm. They were leading people to Christ. They were praying for people. They were doing all kinds of things, doing Bible study, all kinds of things in prison behind the wall. But when they had done their time and was released, they looked for a home church. And the church that they went to, Grandma's church, Granddad's church did not receive them. Mm. And it forced them back to the streets. Mm. Oh. Because they didn't have a place to go. Mm. 
Mm-mm. And I'm telling you, that's one of the motivations for the carpenter's house. Yeah, yeah. That I promised God, because some of these people, while I'd had my 28 year of career, some of those people saved my life when riots went down. Mm. Some people that people shrubbed their noses up at were people who protected me. And I was a very hands-on type of person. <laughs> like I am here, I, I am a, a pretty ordered kind of guy. I don't deal with disorder. And for them to look out for me yeah. was like amazing. I don't want us to be discouraged by people who are falling short of the glory of God. People fall short of the glory of God. And I don't want that to stop you from what your what God has to offer, which is not that. God does not fall short. People Correct. fall short. And so if you have been hurt or wounded by someone who said they were a Christian but didn't represent Christ... Uh, by church that did not show love, by um, or whatever the case may be, he he still goes yeah. there, and he's in leadership. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Don't let that stop you, because God wants you in that. It will if the Lord has led you there, like that's where He wants you to be. And what the enemy wants to do is not have you in fellowship with the body of Christ. And the word of God says, when one part of the body suffers, then we all suffer. We all because like you were saying about with the planks, everybody has a job to do in Christ. Everyone has purpose in Christ. So when you're missing or you feel like you're not important or that you don't belong, that is a lie from the enemy and a trap to have the body of Christ suffer. And so I want to encourage you the our, our believer in Christ that's listening to this, I want to encourage you to continue to go. Continue to go to church. Now, I will say, when a church has become very hurtful or you feel like you're not growing or you're a little stunted in Christ, how should you approach, like, should you move to a different church or should you should you just wait it out even if you feel hurt? Well, if the church is, it depends. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a, that's a loaded question because it really depends. Is the church a Bible-believing, solid church? Yeah. There may be some things that you may have to learn in it. And if you are a runner, you'll never learn. Mm. Mm. Some churches are toxic <clears throat> and you need to go. Yeah. Because the leadership uh, and everything in it is toxic. And so it's leading you and drawing you away from Christ instead of drawing you to Christ. So I think it's a twofold situation. Yeah. The scripture says offenses must come. So offenses are good. They're, they have to come. No matter where you go, there's going to be offenses. No, There is no perfect environment. Right. Uh, no matter where you go. But is the church a Bible-believing, solid church? Because one person you're having a problem with is not the ministry. Right, right. 
Right. You having an issue with one person is not the ministry. Right. There were the disciples who obviously had issue with one another. Yeah. But they didn't leave Jesus. Right. <laughs> John you know? called out Peter several times. Right, correct. We would have, we would have, he would have been getting the side eye. <laughs> and I think Peter gave him the side eye a couple times. I mean, that's talking about, uh, I was reading the Bible and like all the different books will say like, uh, and uh, one of the disciples had struck the, the guy's ear. Uh -huh. um, but in John's version, he's like, Peter struck his ear. I want, I'm calling him out. I'm calling him out. <laughs> it was Peter. He did it. <laughs> You know, like, uh -huh. what if he, you know, would have received the shade and took it to heart or took that offense to that and, and not did the work of Christ and, and just would have left? Then uh, we wouldn't have the examples. And so the disciples, before they became apostles, they were disciples. Think about that. Before they became apostles, they were disciples. Just because you are a disciple don't mean you will graduate to an apostle. Yeah. He chose 12, but one of them didn't make it because he wasn't willing to go through the process. Mm. So just because you're chosen doesn't mean that you'll make it. Mm. You have to go through the process. And the process is many an emotional battle. Most of our problem is how we deal with our emotions. And until you put your emotions in check, you'll never be a good disciple. Mm. Emotions in check, as in, woe to those who, come, who have offense. Okay, so the offense comes, how do we handle it? The offense comes, first of all, the scripture tells us that what we should do is first of all, if it's a brother, that we should go to our brother, mm, him, and right. him alone. You're right. You're right. So we shouldn't go to our neighbor <laughs> and talk about the offense. <laughs> right, 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 right. We should go to our brother and him and him alone. Yeah. Because sometimes what we think may be an offense may not be. It may be just a disagreement. Relationships take work. Mm -hmm. And what concerns me is many times we're willing to work on secular relationships mm. but we're not willing to work on spiritual relationships so let me finish my point the first thing he says is go to your neighbor or go to the person and go to him and him alone and then if he does not hear you then go and take a non-bias person right now he says go get someone else but that person shouldn't be your friend right you shouldn't come like <laughs> we ganging up on you it should be a non non-biased person right. that both of you respect right because the purpose of having this conversation is to come back into relationship with one another now if he does not hear them then take him to the church now, I don't believe that's testimony service right. or break up the church right. and or <laughs> go on Facebook and blast your name. I believe, I believe that's when you take them to leadership. Right. I believe that's when you take it to leadership. But you shouldn't take it to leadership first. You should try to do everything you possibly can do 
to resolve the issue between you and your brother alone. Why is that important? Because where two or three are together in my name, there I'm in the midst. So the mission of the enemy is to keep us from coming together. Because if we ever come together and understand the value of coming together, there's nothing, there is no mountain, there is no situation, there is nothing that we can't speak to together that we can't move. Now he says this, if he doesn't hear you, then treat him as an imbecile um, and uh, as though he has denied the faith. Why? Oh. Because now, look, <laughs> if, if, he doesn't, if he doesn't hear, that's saying he's not a brother. Mm. He's not a brother because those that are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. Right. Now, over in Romans, he teaches us how to deal with the enemy. He said, if your enemy be hungry, feed him. Right. He didn't say your brother. He said, if your enemy be hungry, feed him. Right. If your enemy be thirsty, give him to drink. Right. Understand, vengeance is mine, mine. Yeah. saith the Lord. I will repay what uh, is is owed to the person who hurt you. So he says, don't you worry about yeah. vengeance. Yeah. That's my job. Yeah. Let the wheat and the tear grow together. When I come, I'll do the separating. I know, right. how, I know how to bring people back in. Right, right, right. <laughs> look, look, look. I know how to let them know you're yeah. my child. Yeah. I, let, I know how to let them know. You mess with the wrong person. Right. And he can do a much better job than I could ever do. All you're going to do is allow the root of bitterness to get in your heart. And now your prayers are hindered, their prayers Mm. are hindered, and the devil is now gaining ground because he's caused separation and division within the church. Wow. And some people don't know what they're doing. Mm. They just came to church they got caught up in church. The, the semantics of church, but they never developed a relationship with Jesus. Hmm. How do you know that? There was a man who's healing the blind, healing the sick, casting doing out casting out demons, raising the, dead. raising the dead. And yet, when the time <clears throat> comes to meet the Lord, the Lord says, depart from me. Mm. I never knew you. Mm. You work the works of iniquity. Why? Because he was so caught up in doing the work, but he wasn't caught up in having a relationship with God. And so what I've learned to do is not dwell on the hurt because the hurt wasn't getting me anywhere. Oh, I've been hurt. I've practically opened my eyes in church. So you can't tell me anything about church hurt. I I, I know about being hurt in church. Yeah. But I found out dwelling on it, there was no no resolve in dwelling on it. You know, when you look at Job, what was Job's test? The test wasn't him losing his children. The test wasn't his wife. The test wasn't any of that. It was when his friends came and misjudged him. We find that in the 42nd chapter, when, when God says, all right, Job, I'm upset at these people who judged you 
before they knew what the problem was. They put their mouth on you. They caused church hurt. Now, Joe, whatever you say they're going to get, that's what's going to happen to them. And Job says, Lord, forgive them. Wow. And this is what happened. This is how powerful forgiveness is. Because Job said, forgive them. The Lord forgave them and gave Job double for his trouble because right. he passed the final test. Wow. Can you forgive people who mishandle you? I'm going to crucify you, Jesus. I'm going to nail you and uh, nail you to the cross. I'm going to whip you all night. I'm going to keep you up all night. Mm. I'm going to pluck your beard. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to do everything I can do to emotionally break you. Mm. to see how you respond. And what does Jesus do? Forgives them. He forgives them. And that's what we have to do because why? Jesus is our pattern. Just study Jesus. How did Jesus deal with various problems? How does he deal with people who hurt him, who took his healing and then said, give us Barabbas, mm. crucify Jesus. He challenged them he challenged the system that they were using. He challenged them and whipped the money changers out of the temple. They had a problem with it. Jesus doesn't come to get on our side. He comes to see who's on his side. It wasn't it was Jesus yeah, that hurt person. you. It was a person yeah. that didn't die for you. Did not and will not. <laughs> and will not die for you. <laughs> you. You get what I'm saying? And yeah. you're going to let that person come between your relationship with God. Mm. You didn't join the church because of the boyfriend. Or you shouldn't have. <laughs> you <know? laughs> and if you did, and if you, did you might want to check You want to check that. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Because that's not going to work. Yeah. Now, sometimes people find truth complicated. Sometimes truth can be complicated. And sometimes we're not necessarily, and I don't want anyone to mistake church hurt for something that the bishop or the pastor said offended me. When they're actually holding you accountable for your actions, the purpose of my bishop is to make sure that I am tending to my relationship with Christ. Absolutely. And so if I'm doing something that I should not be doing, then... My bishop must say to me, hey, I see this. I want to hold you accountable in this area. I mean, honestly, me and Bishop had a conversation. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, I missed a couple of days of church. I missed a, chur uh, a, church, a Sunday service and a Bible study. Uh, um, and I came back and Bishop, he said, come here, Naila. Or no, he said, Pearson's. Administrator to come get me to get in the office. I felt like I was being taken to the principal's office. Um, and I go into the office, and Bishop is like, Naila, I want you to stay focused. And he just started encouraging me, but also telling me what he was seeing. And I feel like when that's done in love, um, that shows that you're not just going to tickle my ears. You're going to, I know that my relationship with God under your supervision is secure. 
And if I would have taken offense to that, then I would not be able to receive truth. Sometimes truth can sound painful, but at the end of the day, that person is looking out for your best interest. And after we were done with the conversation, Bishop says, you all right? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not hurting your feelings, am I? And he just, and he's like, give me a hug. And I give him a hug. And I was like, I feel like that's how God is, you know, being loving, but also saying like, you still have to do these things because I care for you. And if your bishop pastor is doing that and you are upset or angry about that, then you have missed the valuable shepherd that God has placed in your life. They should be doing that. And if any leader is just telling you what you want to hear. It's the wrong one. He's wrong. a hireling. He's a hireling. Um, one of the things, as you've heard me say many times, when we take on members of this church, you can come here and not be a member. You can come here and not be a member, and there's no accountability. But once you come here and you say, I want to be a member of this church, I pray and I ask God to give me the capacity mm-hmm. to be able to pastor you. We have a lot of people who come here that have not yet joined. Mm-hmm. And I like that because I want you to know what you're getting involved in. I don't want you to have one service and you feel good and, and say, hey, this, this is the church for me. I like for you to sit. And yeah. I like for you to take it all in and say, you know, I think that this is the type of church that I want to be a part of. So therefore, when that happens, um, I pray and I ask God to give me direction. Lord, when they're in trouble and they need encouragement, give me a spiritual download. Let me not sit here and give the word and you not ever give a word for them. Let me speak to their situations that I may not even know about, but give answers because now you are a member of this church and you have to know that God sent me to the right place Yeah. because when I step in, I'm getting fed. Yeah. I'm getting what I need. And I think that's important for growth. And that's, that's, I think, I know that the Carpenter's House is not for everybody. Right. While I wish it was. <laughs> right. But I don't even have the capacity to pastor everybody. Yeah. I used to pray, God, give me the city. Give me the city. And I thought about how crazy that statement was. That statement, there's over 600,000 people in Baltimore. I could not handle 600,000 people. Right. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot of people. That's a lot. And so, Lord, give me the capacity. Send who you want. Yeah. Meet the pastor. Yeah. To the carpenter's house. Right. So sometimes God will send people who need to be saved. And then sometimes God will send people who are already saved to come and help you. Bring in the harvest. Yeah. So you have to value everybody that God sends. You're not here by accident. You're here because God planted you here. Amen. You're not here because, okay, you were just looking for something to do. Right. Somebody right now that's listening to this podcast is not just listening to this podcast. This podcast is being aired 
for them for healing. Yeah. For such a time as this. And God is saying, it's time. It's now. Whether it's, whether it's here or whether it's somewhere else, it's time to fix it. Mm. It's time to come home. So it doesn't matter where you go. Just make sure that the place that you go is safe. Mm. And how do you know it's safe? It is founded upon the word of God. I don't want us as the body of Christ and as Christians, because I see a lot of Christian TikTokers and Christian influencers, but are not being led by anyone. This is why I'm bringing you on. We had this conversation. Um, but have missed the community and fellowship part. Absolutely. Have missed, actually church is for us to encourage one another, pray for one another, love on one another. And it's not a something that we just post about or a cultural thing. Because for a lot of cultures, especially within the black community, it can be, and in other communities actually, it can be a very cultural thing to just, you know, Go to be a Christian. Go to right. My, my family's a Christian. My parents are Christian. You know, whatever the case may be, but missing relationship. And I think that that comes with fellowshipping with the right church. It took me to leave my mega church and come here from my family. Well, my sister comes here too now. <laughs> um, Big shout out. Right, right. <laughs> um, and, and, and actually... You're evangelizing the college that you go to too. I think I think you've bought quite a few people from your college as well. I made this church. This is my church. Like what I say is, I've I've stepped in here and I've said yes in this church by myself. No one like obligated me to come here. And I think that if you're someone who's a new believer in Christ, sometimes you may have to step from that whatever you're a part of that you're necessarily obligated to or you feel like you're not being fed and you would really like to just be a part of a Christian community that you can really grow in. Absolutely. Like take the initiative to really find, you know, where God wants you to be uh, for this for this time and season in your life. Like where can your relationship with Christ grow? Where can you fellowship with the body of Christ? And it is necessary to fellowship with each other. Do not isolate yourself in this walk with Christ. That is why the church was built in the first Absolutely. place. Yeah. You know, it was to bring people together. Yeah. It was to fellowship. It was to restore. And I think we were talking about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. It it empowers us to communicate with one another. And so you're talking about you have the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit and you're not communicating with your brother and sister, right. what do you really have? Right. You really don't have what comes from God. Yeah. See, see yes, the, the church hurt is real. Yeah. The, the pain is real. Yeah. But what have you learned from it? Did it make you better or did it make you bitter? Mm. Wow. With me, I believe it made me better. Now, the scripture says, better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. When I was going through, it was very tough. It was very difficult because some people that I really loved really inflicted some painful things. 
and said painful things about things that I thought that people would never say, never do. But it made me better because now as a pastor, I know what to keep out of this church and what not to allow to happen. Now, you know, if you want to get on my rough side, <laughs> start bringing some drama in here. And, and, and Bishop is going to go all out with the revival on unity and togetherness and, and everything. You know, he's going we all out. We are reconciling in here. We are reconciling, preaching the whole year on reconciling. <laughs> because... I think that's the ministry that Christ gave us. Mm-hmm. And if you're not doing that, what are you doing it for? Yeah. What is the church for if you're not... If we're not doing it together. If we're not doing it together. Yeah. You know, I don't care. You can have the smoke, the camera, the lighting, the money, the, the whatever. But if you're not doing it in love, what are you doing it for? Yeah. The listeners are just going to love, you know, I just I just know that they're going to get a hoot after this. Um and where can we find you? Where can we find more information about the Carpenter's House? Well, you can find us uh, on YouTube. We have uh, streaming uh, information on YouTube, the Carpenter's House Baltimore. Uh, the Carpenter's House Baltimore also has a social media page, Facebook. Uh, it has Instagram as well. Um, and so we really do try to stay uh, uh, in connection with our listening audience, uh, you can always email me directly at admin at tchbaltimore.com, admin at tchbaltimore.com. I will get your email, and I will respond to your email. <laughs> I, I really will. Oh, um, man, you're so getting a lot I, of emails. I will. <laughs> I will respond to your email because that's what we do. We'll go ahead and wrap up. Um, Thanks for watching Woe Believer or listening if you're checking us out on Spotify or Apple Music. If you want more Woe Believer content, you can check out our website at woebeliever.com. And if you want to check out what we're doing on Instagram, you can follow me, Naila Amara, at Naila Amara on Instagram or tweet us at Woe Believer on Twitter. Thanks for listening or watching. Bye.